Hey everybody, Anthony here. We've got Susan Clinton on with Marika and I. We're talking about relax, rest and digest the whole autonomic nervous system. And we go through nine different ways that you can promote uh, calming things down so that you can build things up. So right after the usual stuff coming up right now. Hi, welcome to the Women's Health Podcast. I'm Anthony Lowe, the Physio Detective. And I'm Marika Hart from Herosphere. Together we interview leading authorities, we answer questions and share our thoughts to provide the general public with the best quality information that we can find on all aspects of women's health. Please remember that the materials and the content on this podcast are intended as general information and they're for entertainment purposes only. They're not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Now sit back, grab your favourite beverage, or do your thing, and enjoy the show. Let's see if this works. Mm-hmm. There's probably some sort of delay. This is the first time. Mine already says meeting is now streaming live on Facebook. Mine too. Yeah, it says that, but I don't know if it's true or not, right? But I think what we need to do though is theme song. All right. I'm just waiting to see. Just what is up? Is it up? Oh, it says that it's live. Look, there we are. Live on Facebook. Live. We need to do the theme song again. There we go. All right. Um, <laughs> welcome, everybody. You can see that we're totally organized for this. Sorry for the delay, but we got here in the end. Anthony Lowe, the physio detective, here with you. And I've got my co driver with me, Marika Hart, the wiser one. How are you, Marika? How's everything going? Oh, well, I actually finally had a good night's sleep last night, so I'm actually feeling not too bad this morning. Um, our neighbours, can I just put a, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to put a call out to cat owners around the world. Can you bring your cats in at night? Because my neighbour's <laughs> cat was jumping the fence and fighting with our cat through the glass. And anyway, in Australia, they kill like 2 million native birds a day. So I just think responsible cat owners keep their cats inside and then they don't annoy their neighbours. That was a long-winded way of saying I'm actually really well. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. And tonight, today, wherever you are in the world, we've got Susan Clinton with us. How are you, Susan? How are things going? I'm good. I'm good. It's nighttime for me. It's morning time for you all. But it looks like you've got like a rainbow on a peaceful meadow. <laughs> I do. I do. I selected this picture for my uh, backdrop tonight, uh, considering good. our theme, which is... Relax, rest, Doing the, the, the good thing, yes. This is our property up in Michigan, and we happened to have caught a double rainbow a couple of years ago. And Oh, wow. Uh, for those of you who have seen Facebook, you know that this is my Facebook cover photo, too. So oh, I thought it would be a good beautiful. one to share. Beautiful. It's not even a random internet photo. It's actually... Nope, it's, your... it's actually the real deal. The real deals. The St. Mary's River in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, uh, the river that drains Lake Superior into Lake Huron. So Beautiful. that looks absolutely stunning. From a very, very northern part of the world, which does not look like this right now because there's probably still a foot of snow up there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. um, now, for those of you who are listening, 
Uh, I will be turning my head sideways because I've got another screen just over here and um, I'll be keeping an eye on things. So please feel free to ask your questions, make your comments, drop jokes if you like, any funny memes, and uh, we'll go from there. So um, let's get started. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself, Susan, so that we can um, we can get to know you? You've been on the podcast before. I have. But, uh, yeah. Tell us a bit about you. Very, very pleased to have been on the, the podcast before. Um, so I'm Susan Clinton. I Right now, this stage of my life, I hail from um, the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Um, and I am a private practice owner, which is uh, pretty much shut down right now. So doing virtual appointments and uh, catching up on a whole lot of stuff that really needs to get done. So I'm going to just take this opportunity to focus on uh, having time to get things done and really try to not focus on what is my practice going to look like when I get back. And uh, I am excited to be here with you too. It's just to me, this has been kind of a, um, I never thought I was going to be living in a post-Katrina world uh, in my lifetime again. And for those of you who know about uh, Hurricane Katrina and the Louisiana Gulf Coast, um, that was a part of my life. That's the reason I'm in Pittsburgh, because uh, we lost our house, we lost our practice, we lost just about everything that went on around us. And um, it's just kind of very surreal to be back in that type of uncertainty. Although the difference is, is that we have a home, we have a car, <laughs> we have functioning grocery stores, and it involves the entire world instead of just that one subsection of the United States. So Truly, it's very different because everybody is in it together with us. Um, uh, we're all we're all doing it together. So this has been kind of fun. I was talking to the two of you on Facebook, or basically Anthony, I think, and he had asked about who wanted to do this. And I raised my hand right away because I've been trying to reach out to people and plan virtual meetings and virtual happy hours. And I've got actually a, a virtual dinner planned with a couple of couples, my husband. So we're just going to like, we were just going to meet up and, sh you know, show pictures of what we're eating and have a glass of wine together over the, you know, over Zoom and, and just have a good time and just trying to find new ways to be sure that people aren't being um, alone and just listening to the scrolls and, and really getting caught up in and all of the news cycles, because there's so much goodness that we all have around us that I wanted to be able to share that. So I'm eternally grateful for you all inviting me on tonight to um, weave a little bit of positivity and, and uh, communion and back into our lives. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Susan. Um, we've, we've been podcasting a little bit frequently lately and <laughs> going crazy, podcasting like crazy. But, you know, when we talked about it, Antony and I just both felt that there is just, like you're saying, you know, we're all, I think we're, we're a little bit deer in headlights at the moment. We, mm -hmm. There's so much we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's on the horizon. We're all getting a little bit anxious. Um, but we just want to remind people that we're all, we're all in this together, um, but also just come up with some strategies that can help support our businesses, but also support our health and well-being moving forward. Um, before we before we jump into sort of the topic for today, what I also want to add is that Susan does have a podcast too, which is called Tough to Treat, which I actually really enjoy with um, Erica. Erica. With Erica Mello mm -hmm, from New York City. 
And in particular, I, I recall one time listening to your podcast a year or so ago, and um, you had a, a client who had um, pelvic girdle pain in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I listened to how you brainstormed and you know your clinical reasoning through that process, and literally about two days later, I had a patient with such a similar presentation. And it was actually, I just found it was really lovely. Kind of, I almost had your 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 voice in my head, Susan, thinking. Well, what about this and what about this and give this a try and it was really useful so thank you for sharing your your wisdom to the world on your podcast as well you're welcome it's a it's a resource that's near and dear to our heart and we're very happy to put it out there for people um eric and i found each other uh through karen litzy uh she hooked us up because uh, erica was having questions about a certain patient she had and she got us together and we started talking and we had so much fun we said we need to do this again and we did it a couple of times, and then we thought, how are we going to keep this going? And uh, her business coach, Christine Gallagher, said, you two need to do a podcast. And I'm like, I am not doing a podcast. I'm not I'm not going there. I'm always the first person to say no, and then here I am doing podcasts. So I think we dropped number 68. Uh, we'll drop on Thursday. So it's, it's you know, it's been pretty, pretty interesting. We also have another project. Um, well, Erica doesn't, but I have another project with Carolyn Van Dicken and uh, Joletta Belton um, wow. called the, the Genius PT Project. And we've been doing a lot of work around uh, kind of flattening the curve, if we can use that as a new, um, a new normal uh, lingo uh, to pain education and pain science and biopsychosocial approach to clients and really helping put free resources out there for people to listen and understand and have an a- uh, ability to interact with some of the experts in this area. And so that's been a lot of fun too. So I really enjoyed that. And that's a dream right there, hey, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Carolyn Van Dyken, she's amazing. Joletta she's Bolton, amazing. you know, with, with so many insights from the patient perspective and from her experiences as well. So, um, and, and of course, you know, I, I know how many people you help, Susan, and um, how many student PTs you've supported and educated uh, through your work. So, you know, fantastic resource, the Genius PT Project, is it? Yeah, the GeniusPTProject.com. Beautiful, beautiful. You can find us there and... Uh, is that already up and running? Out. Hmm? Is that up and running? Up and it running is, now? yeah. We're on project number five. We're actually in the middle of, of speaking with uh, No Pain Mike, Mike Stewart. And nice. um, we have, we just published uh, the the second piece of the project, which is project number five, Pain Education, the Challenges and Pitfalls. And uh, we'll be on live with him Friday at three o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So if anybody wants to join in, there'll be a Zoom. I'll put it up on my Facebook page and stuff, but there's a Zoom account. Just drop in, and then you get to ask Mike questions, which is kind of cool. Also, get somebody of his caliber to just kind of hang out and do a coffee shop visit with us. Excellent, excellent. If you could, mm-hmm. if you could uh, what was the date again? Uh, it's this Friday. I think that is the 27th. Okay, mm-hmm. 27th of of March, right? Of We're March. in March, 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Because this is going out as an episode. So it's project number five on there. Now, for those of you who are listening on the Facebook Live, can you just drop a comment so that I can make sure that I'm seeing your questions and your comments, please? Say hello. Tell us where you're from, uh, whether you're a PT, a fitness professional, or an interested member of the public, mm-hmm. and send your questions through now. We'll make sure that we get them for Susan. Um, 
So that's fantastic, Susan. You, um, you've got a lot of things going on. Uh, you're keeping busy. Ha have you guys closed the clinic now? We have, for the most part. Uh, my partner has one or two clients that she has um, seen, uh, but we are a very small practice one-on-one -on -one, and we can keep things really clean. And, you know, she has a couple of people she's finishing up with early this week, but for the most part, we're, we're, we're just, we're not in there at all and doing virtual appointments. And she's also, Becky is also live streaming her uh, yoga classes. So people can join in from their home, which is really nice. And they've been really appreciative of having the opportunity to do that. Oh, I think that's definitely a great idea for all the health mm -hmm. and fitness professionals. Because I think, you know, and sometimes, I mean, just speaking to health, uh, fitness professionals, sometimes there's that fear that, oh, well, there's already so much stuff online. And, oh, you know, we've got Michelle Bridges and we've got, you know, Liam Hem oh, Chris Hemsworth. There's all these online programs. But the thing is, people know you and they like you and you have that connection um, so I'd encourage everyone to, to do that with their clients because people come to you for a reason and you know them and you know their bodies. So just give it a go and, and don't overcomplicate it. Just get a platform and just mm -hmm. don't let On camera and teach your class. Yeah. And demo and connect because I think that's the, like what we're doing tonight. I think that's what people are really, now that we're kind of into more of the social distancing and uh, really being, uh, having to kind of stay six feet away. And, you know, I think people are starting to crave that need for that human human interaction and any way we can get it in any way is good. And I, and I agree with you, you know, don't let the big gurus out there in the, in the you know, the uh, fitness world keep you from teaching to your tribe. They all want to hear your voice. They want to see each other. They just want to connect. And what a better way to connect, but except through movement, you know, just shared movement and that just shared experience. It's like a shared meditation or a shared prayer. All of those things are just so valuable to our experience. And we don't want to lose that in the midst of what we're all, you know, grappling with and, and having to move through at this point in time to keep each other safe. Well, that's a beautiful segue into our sort of first question, Susan, which is because, you know, we were going to talk about. Um, rest and digest. Mm -hmm. So clearly our big topic is going to be sort of the autonomic nervous system and in particular mm -hmm. a branch of that. So would you like to just to take, you know, a bit of a, give everyone a bit of a quick overview of the autonomic nervous system, talk about the two, the branches, and then let's head on down the parasympathetic slide. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I think it's important for everybody to remember that the stress response is a normal physiological response for the human. It's absolutely normal to have a stress response. We're not abnormal if we have stress responses. What makes it problematic for us is when we don't come out of it. There is a stress response cycle. We ramp up, we go through a stress response, and we have to have that for everything that we do. We need a stress response when we're driving so we can pay attention sharper to everything around us. We need a stress response like right now, I'm being very relaxed, but there's a little bit of a stress response to be on camera and talk and, and interact. Um, you know, we also need a stress response to run from the threat or to fight the threat or to survive the threat. And when we're in a situation like we're all in now, we have our various like responses to the threats around us. But the issue is for a lot of people, I think, is that 
they're so used to fighting the fight that they forget that there's that time where you need to come all the way down too to rest and recuperate. And I think right now it, it hits people in a lot of different areas because not only are we in uncertain territories, that's threatening. Do we not know what's going to happen or have no predictability now for the first time in a long time? There's not an algorithm to predict how this is going to come out in the next three months, six months, a year, two years, three years. We don't, we don't have that yet. And, and it's not only just the virus, but it's also our livelihoods and our kids' education and our, you know, just how our society looks and our ability to make a living and how that's going to change. And, you know, we're kind of losing a little bit as PTs, the tenets of our profession, which is kind of like the hands-on that people have kind of like really clung to. Um, and really having to, you know, do something outside of your comfort zone, which is step back and actually work with your clients in a different way. And I know Anthony and Marika know this about me, and I know this about them as well, is the challenge has always been, how much can I do without actually touching them? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more used to that, whereas others may not be. And it's, it's you know, so we have that in probably every facet of our life right now, rather than just in the one, like I have a sick family member, but everything else is like running okay over here in the background. So we can attend to that. Now I think everybody's kind of got all of those going. And so there's the lack of the ability to really bring yourself back down and come out of that stress response enough to be able to reset your barometer, if you will, for a bit. And that's the way the autonomic nervous system should work. The autonomic nervous system should rise up to the stress and to the threat and to whatever action needs to be taken and for the time that it needs to be taken. But then it also needs to come all the way back down and bring us down to that back to that protective, you know, uh, quieter time where, you know, we're more interested in, uh, you know, soothing and feeling and uh, sharing and eating, breaking bread together, you know, making love together, you know, doing all of those things together that are the the, the deeper part of us. And, you know, when we are in a higher level of stress, our brain doesn't know the difference between the idea that we're worried about what kind of, how many patients we're going to have tomorrow on a virtual platform that I have no idea how to use, or if the tiger is trying to like bite my neck, it doesn't know the difference. And so we get the same kind of response, but if we don't come out of that, the, the issue is, is that when we're in that high stress response, it also tells our stress hormones to run more rampant. And when we have our stress hormones running a bit more rampant, we don't have, we don't have um, a good balance with our system. So when those hormones are running more rampant and we've got more adrenaline and then eventually moving over to the cortisol package that keeps us going, and we have a system that's telling our GI system, our stomach, our GI, that whole thing to stop working because we don't need it if we're running from the tiger. Then what ends up happening over time is that autonomic nervous system is going to try to seek balance. So we have this system that's running at that stress response pretty high and it's staying up there because it's being prolonged. So instead of coming down to meet the lower parasympathetics down here, what ends up happening is the parasympathetics rise up to meet that sympathetic response because those systems are always seeking balance. And when we do, then we get what we call kind of an abnormal parasympathetic, or I guess the, the term word right now or the buzzword is vagal response. 
And so when we have that abnormal or aberrant response to that higher stress level from the parasympathetic level, that's when we get burping and non-digestion and stomach pain and bloating and gas and all of those things that people start to feel over time when they're, you know, kind of, quote, stressed out. And then the, the stress hormones, the cortisol levels, keep us from sleeping deeply. And so we're not getting the rest that we need where a lot of that great digestion can occur. And, you know, our heart rate tends to run a little bit higher in the background because the sympathetic system is kicked up. And even though we may be coming down, we're not coming down, 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 down. And so we end up with a, with a system that's trying to seek balance, but it has to try to seek it up higher because it's not having the chance to get to seek it down lower. So instead of the, the stress system coming down, the, the rest system is actually having to raise up and become you know, aberrant or abnormal up here on a level where it doesn't belong. Okay, wow. That was, um, that was a lot of great information. I just wanna clarify if I can, so mm -hmm. just to make sure that I heard you correctly. Um, basically at the moment with COVID-19, uh, there's lots of there's lots of stress in people's lives. People worried about their work. They're worried about their income. They're worried about their families. They're worried about getting sick. They're worried about other people getting sick. And it's normal for the autonomic nervous system, so the sympathetic part of the autonomic nervous system, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. to ramp up because it helps to meet the stress. And you mentioned um, adrenaline and then cortisol, which keeps it going. Mm -hmm. um and you said the normal system is to ramp up that's normal and then it needs to come down um and that would be where the parasympathetic dominates and the sympathetic calms down but because we've got this per perpetual stress going on uh the sympathetic is not coming down enough and so the system's trying to create balance by raising the parasympathetic to meet it mm -hmm. um and so trying to find balance but at a higher baseline which is problematic and why we can get uh different things like burping and digestion issues and mm -hmm. things like that have i got that all right so far yeah you do and i and that's that's what drives our immune system to fall into this you know to dysfunction so we're not great at fighting off disease now you know or fighting off like the common cold or even the flu much less a virus, you know, that's kind of, you know, doubling and exponentially as we as we watch right now across the numbers. So um, it, it begins to tear everything down over yeah. time. And, and when we have the when we, when we move into that system, I think one of the things to kind of think about, too, is it changes the pH of our body. So we become a little bit more uh, twitchy all the time instead of just twitchy with the stress response or the response to stress. We become twitchy all the time. You know, we should become twitchy when we're like having to rise up to meet that stress. Like, let's go, let's fight, you know, let's do it. But when we're there all the time, we've got muscles that are over-recruited and over-firing and not calming down. We have arteries that may be constricting in some places and wide open in other places, you know, to bathe different systems and keep the oxygen going where our brain thinks we need it. And maybe not giving it to like our visceral system where we desperately need it, but it's being told to be shut down all the time because we don't need you right now. That's kind of the way that that system works. And 
uh, when you think about that, in order to keep that going, you know, adrenaline kicks in in the beginning, but it can't last. And so we end up with cortisol running the show for a long time. And I think most people have heard of cortisol, you know, the evils of cortisol. That's what makes us gain weight, hold weight. You know, it's like, oh, we're in a long-term survival problem. Store, store, store. You know, let's really, let's really grab all that stuff in and hold on to it because we're not sure what's going to happen in the future. And uh, that makes us a bit kind of acidic, but it also makes us inflamed. And I think the inflammatory process is what people start feeling with the lack of sleep and they're sleeping, but not sleeping deep or well, their joints are starting to hurt. Maybe their pain is wrapping out of control a little bit or headaches are a little bit more prevalent or, you know, just things that, you know, may have plagued them in the past a little bit, like a little minor back pain or, you know, something that they've had now, they feel it a little bit stronger and harder without really any reason at all. Like, why is my back hurting? Why is my neck hurting? Why are these things happening now to me? And a lot of that could be just the basic inflammatory response of the system for this long-term heightened survival uh, we're kind of stuck in right now. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's that's a lot of different symptoms. So, it, it, you know, the autonomic system is obviously very widespread throughout the body. It controls all the internal organs. Um, and I also heard, you know, the, the twitchy bit. Um, so you're saying that our the way that we move and perform can also be uh, uncoordinated or just at a different coordination because mm -hmm. we're just at that high attention level, um, which is really, really interesting as well. Um, I was going to ask you, just because you mentioned it, uh, the parasympathetic rising, is it por porgus, porges, uh, polyvagal theory? Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Because I am seeing some changes in people's faces. Oh, yeah. Um, can you explain some of that to us? And um, I've got a very superficial knowledge, so I'm always wanting to learn more. Yeah, so I can I can talk a little bit about it. Of course, people can talk for like weeks and months about everything. Uh, Stephen Porges is a, a physician that uh, has a theory called the polyvagal theory, and it talks a lot about the balances between these systems and what can happen. He will even talk about that you could have, especially into the trigeminal system, which for those of you who are not medical professionals, let's just put it this way. We have cranial nerves that run like all of our eyes and face, you know, the feeling of our face, our mouth that moves, our tongue, all of these things are run by our cranial nerves. And the, the trigeminal nerve is like the sensory experience for all of those nerves, as well as it has motor control for like the jaw tension and uh, the tongue movement and things like that. And it's, it also wraps around the heart and raises heart rate and causes us to pant you know it helps us raise that that response level to threat um we can you know even if somebody goes to the dentist with tooth pain and they fix their tooth and all the drilling and stuff that goes on can rev that system up and his thing is if you don't do something intentionally to help lower it it's going to stay kind of running high in the background all the time and one of the thing one of the tenants he talks about is this is probably the reason that blood pressures begin to rise over time. Heart rates certainly can rise over time. And it's because nothing intentionally has been done to go in and tell that system, you don't need to be working that hard anymore. It's really okay. Because the baseline of that system working a little bit harder or higher becomes kind of a, we normalize it. 
And we just don't realize that we're working that hard anymore until we stop. And then that's when everybody kind of realizes like, whoa, I didn't realize that I was having, you know, it's having these responses and all of these things. And I think some of the easiest way, like a best, the best metaphor I can come up with for this is I think everybody has heard the story that if you have something significant that happens in your life, such as the loss of a loved one, that you really shouldn't make any major decisions for at least a year. And some people will say two. And most of the people, when they go through this, and I think everybody who is probably listening to this has gone through something traumatic in their life. And at the time, you think you're functioning just fine. You know, <laughs> I'm clear, I'm okay, I can make these decisions, I know what I'm doing. And a year later, you look back and you go, what was I thinking? I had no idea what was up, down, sideways, but you think you do in the middle of it. And so the system can rise in the background without us really realizing it until we kind of step in and do something very intentional to begin to say, we need to teach this system that it can really come all the way back down again and really have that full balance of response. And it doesn't have to just ride in the one half or the top one third of where it wants to live or where it's been trained to live lately. So you gave an example of having um, like a toothache and having surgery or something like that, but there, anything can be a trigger. Any sure. sort of stress can sure. be a trigger for ramping up sure. that system. Mm -hmm. yeah. And trauma is um, one of the biggest ones, you know, like, uh, you know, just being exposed to trauma over and over again can, you know, change people's response to stress where they, you know, are exposed to trauma time and time again, and then they are out of it for a while and then they're suddenly kind of exposed to something that reminds them or, or is similar to or triggers that tra traumatic response again. And everything comes back really super yeah. strong because nothing's really been done to kind of intentionally mediate that, that type of response. And that's what the system calls for. And I think that's kind of why we're here tonight is like, what can we do? Absolutely. And that's, okay. What do we have control over? Because we don't have control over what's going on out there, but we got to have yeah. control over something. And I, I can't wait to hear all your ideas and strategies for that because I think that's going to be amazing. I just have one last question because Susan, you like you love to talk about poo, but you haven't even mentioned bowels yet. So what's happening? What's happening to the bowels now? What's happening to the bowels without with our nervous system going crazy with all the stress? And well, I mentioned it a little bit with the burping and the <laughs> bloating and the stomach pains and all of that stuff. Yeah. Like, is, so, is it constipation? Is there diarrhea? Is it you swinging or between? Both. Yeah. Or both. Right? You get a system that has, like, for times we'll have way too much motility and it's like, zoom, doesn't really matter what happens. It's like coming out fast. Nice. And other times it's like, oh my God, I, I don't even remember the last time I went and sat on the, and I feel so full and, uh, you know, I'm just really having a lot of constipation. My stools are really hard. They're painful. How did this happen? You know, well, it probably happened a few days ago and you're just now beginning to see what's happening on the other end as it's starting to come through. And so you can like painful bowel movements, hard bowel movements, and then switch over just as fast to like, you know, really super fast moving, you know, bowel movements that can happen. But nothing seems like right. It's like, I, this isn't right. How can I get this back to some sort of even kill? And that's generally when people start realizing that they need to do something different. Mm -hmm. 
we can put up with a lot of stuff, but for most people, when we don't sleep and when we can't go to the bathroom or, or, or the bowel movement stuff really gets torn, you know, really becomes abnormal for us, for who we are, that's usually some of the first triggers that people will get that will cause them to kind of start to look around and start thinking about, I maybe need to do something different. And that segues beautifully to something different. <laughs> Go, Susan, give us your best tips. What, what are we going to do, do that's that, different? What do you guys see with your clients, though, and people around you? Like, what drives them to, like, I got to do – they may not know what to do to change. They may not even know how. But they may start saying things like, this just can't continue like this. Like, that. Can, that that's starting to be kind of like what I always call um, – I love it when, when clients are uh, – um, complaining because it means like oh you're ready this is good refraction in that thing nothing can be done this is terrible we're all like this it's just the way it is it can't do anything about it that pre-contemplation phase is hard to get people out of it when they start complaining about stuff like my god if i have one more night without sleeping i'm gonna i'm gonna you know and it's like oh you're there you're ready for change yeah like i i just wanted to say um that i had a a client recently um, she came in and it was an hour and a half consult for a half an hour booking and nearly, it was an hour and 20 was all about discussing stuff that was stressing her out in her life. Mm -hmm. you know, it was a DRA check. Um, yeah. It just is what it is. Uh, but yeah, other times people are very frustrated. Uh, for example, I've got people... Um, who need to go to the gym that is their mental health um time that is the time away from the kids um and if they don't get that time they go nuts like they they say they literally go nuts um and you know those who are self-isolating those who are reducing contact those who are not going to the gym you know it's really really upsetting had somebody recently just break down crying because they're doing so well on their eating and their exercise, um, but they can't do walking or running or, mm -hmm. or anything because of the impact on their feet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to have somebody who has been using um, like the stepper so that they can get some higher intensity exercise, um, the, just the prospect of losing all that momentum has been really upsetting for people. You know, so um, so I hear it that way, and I hear it with um, you know, not being able to lift heavy weights because they don't have as heavy weights as they do at the gym, um, and we know how good lifting weights is for mental health and the effect on depression and mm -hmm. and mood. So, uh, hearing lots of that, and also as usual, just talking about what's going on, I. I'm going to admit that I do manual therapy in a very traditional, old-fashioned, push-on-the-back sort of way sometimes because mm -hmm. people are face down, so they're not looking at me, and they can just talk about stuff, mm -hmm. and I just listen. Um, and sometimes that's the therapy that they need, and and we don't we don't uh, we don't sell something, we don't tell lies. It's like this is what you need. Unload. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I've said it before, some, some people actually say this is better than seeing their psychologist or counselor because 
they get the physical touch as well as mm -hmm. the listening and the care and just being able to have somebody to listen to them. So that's how I, that's how I'm experiencing it. And you're helping them find balance, which is what, what this is about. I think tonight is because our systems are running so out of control, one of the things we can do to educate everybody is that that system needs to find balance and it doesn't need to find balance up here. It needs to find balance here like this. We need to have the be able to rise, but we also need to be able to follow and let this system rise and, and bring that balance down into a little bit lower level so that when we need that healthy response to rise again, we can do it. And we're not already up here. It's like an over-recruiting muscle. If a muscle's over-recruiting, it doesn't have any more power because it's already used it all up to just hold that tension. And we want to be able to have a very dynamic system to respond to stuff out there rather than a very static, high-strung system to respond. And so sometimes getting people to lay down and just even just putting some white weighted blankets are so incredibly powerful right now because it just gives people a hug. It calms their system down. It's something that is just, you know, sometimes a load in a different position is actually an unload, you know, to the system because it's different. And being able to find those differences and those novel movement patterns that maybe they, you know, so they can't get out and run, they can't go to the gym, but what can we, how can we help people set things up in their life so they can get some power work in and they can also get that feeling of accomplishment that they're looking for in that short period of time. And part of one of the things I was going to talk about tonight is kind of creating, um, I think what people, first of all, I think what everyone needs at this point in time is if you don't have a schedule, you need to create one for yourself. The system, our systems really, really, really strive order. And although variance is good and Chaos is good to shake things up and get us out of our comfort zone. I'm all fit. But we also need to have the ability to come back to order. And so it may be sitting down and negotiating with your family or whoever it is that you're spending, you know, that you're isolating with on this is my hour. I need to be able to do these things and not be interrupted during this hour. When is your hour? Let's all create hours for ourselves. Or find that ritual, I'm going to take the morning, you're going to take the afternoon, let's do this together, this together, things like that. But finding that ability to create a schedule that you've lost from being in your workplace. Some people are very disciplined to work at home. I think we're finding that a lot of people are finding it very challenging um, because there's so many distractions around. So being able to kind of, first of all, create that schedule and figure out what's missing and for some people, I know that they miss that run so much, but maybe in this short term, this is a chance for you to really begin to pull in some other kind of exercise that can help bring a little bit more balance in so that when you can, you know, that you'll have a little bit more of a better response so that you can go and maybe run up and down the stairs 25 times to get your heart rate up and, and to kind of get that, that push going. But being able to balance that with something slower and maybe just a little bit different, like, I don't know, maybe, you know, um, lesser weights and lifting weights with some really nice music or, you know, doing a nice stretching, gentle movement, you know, practice, whether it's Tai Chi or Qigong or yoga or basic stretching, whatever makes you feel good, getting out a belt or a strap and just stretching your legs, doing, you know, something and helping people find, you know, some easy online programs that, most of the programs out there, there's so many YouTube videos that 
if they if they're most of them are free, <laughs> you know. But there's most of the programs out there are very low cost, which is really nice. And then that some people need that structure. Like I need an exercise class, you know. I need to be able to get my heart rate up, you know. Just even if I'm just standing in this four by four space. I was just talking to my sister who lives on a sailboat, and I mean literally the space they have for moving around on their boat is not very big. It's a double hole um, uh, catamaran, and there's very little. There's stairs, and there's the walking across, you know, the different things, but there's very little like, you know, space. And so we were kind of problem solving how she could really get her heart rate up in that small space because they can't go on shore now anymore because everything's closed. So they're really, they're really isolated, you know, out on their boat and they're all, all the boat people are talking to each other about how can we change this up and do. And, you know, so I kind of got her into a couple of online programs and stuff she could do in a very small space so that she could have a little bit of structure in her day because she was going crazy. And, but you know, so, quite creative. <laughs> but I think that's a, that was one of the keys is like, what am I lacking in my day? You know, some people may be overstructured in their day being at home. Like they really went crazy and like put everybody on a schedule and, and, you know, and then it's like, whoa, maybe you need to back off a little bit and let yourself be a little bit bored and, and, and be a little bit more creative and uh, take a little bit of time away from the computer and away from the structure you set for yourself and really just kind of like, hey, what can we all do together? And, you know, or by myself, if I'm alone, that I can do that's very different that I never had time to do before that I have time now. And giving yourself permission to kind of find those things can be very powerful, especially in the movement world. I think that's such a good point because, you know, my husband and I have had lots of conversations over the last week because mm -hmm. the four of us are in here a lot and my children will probably burst through the door at some point, uh, totally forgetting that we're on a live podcast. But, you know, we're, we're homeschooling. Uh, yeah. And I have I did homeschool my daughter for 16 months. So I'm actually probably far less freaked out than most people. And if anyone wants to chat to me, feel free to send me a message. Um, that's all good. But what was really interesting is that, um, you know, my son, who's almost 10, he's a little firecracker. He just has so mm -hmm. much energy. And I say he's like a big, dumb puppy dog. We have to take him out and just say, run, run, climb that tree. And then I was down at the river. I'm like, right, do 20 push-ups on the grass, jump mm -hmm. over that thing, run over. And he, he actually he needs to do that. Otherwise, he's climbing the walls. <laughs> Whereas my daughter, preteen, completely different. She has to have the creative outlet. She has to be able to mm -hmm. sit and draw and have time to herself and put all her feelings, all her emotions into some into something, into something creative, whether it's a poem or, or a drawing or whatever. And I think... So we're all, in a way, I feel that we're probably going to learn a lot about ourselves in the next few months, but we're learning to, I guess, appreciate the things that we individually need. So for mm -hmm. me, I need to be by myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, have to, I have to just have people to go away, <laughs> just go away. I just need to be by myself um, and I need to be out in nature. Like they're probably my two um, must-haves. If I have them, I can sort of keep my and, and and exercise of course but these are my things that are going to keep me on an even keel the difficulty for me is I'm not good as a self-exerciser um so I mean I have good gym you know we have we have all the weights and stuff here but I'm I'm someone who loves to be in a group environment and mm -hmm. I crave I feed off the energy of others I don't I'm not an energy vampire I don't suck their energy but you know like that really helps me um mm -hmm. and inspires me through working out so that I know mm -hmm. is going to be my challenge 
in the weeks to come is not having my taekwondo classes, my boxing classes and that mm. energy of a room. Yeah, and I think that what you just talked about, there was a beautiful example of one, two, three, four different people's needs. And I, the, the issue here is to give everybody the permission to seek the thing that they need without having to apologize for it or feel badly about it. And my hope is that this is going to empower people to really be able to advocate for themselves and for their families a lot closer and a lot stronger. Because right now what I hear is a lot of people saying, well, I don't, I shouldn't be doing this because, you know, and it's like, no, you need to find the time to do these things. Now is the time for radical self-care. This is not the time to ignore that. And the reason being here for all the beautiful people out there, including the fitness pros and the PTs and OTs and, and the lovely people who are not part of the medical profession, we are all still caretakers. And one of the things that, that to remember is that compassionate care only comes from self-compassion. We have lots of really great research to back it up. Shelly Prasco says it best of anybody I've ever heard, but it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, Chris, Kristen Neff has a whole website, selfcompassion.org. There's a five minute uh, self-guided meditation on that website that everybody can access for free. And done consistently over time has been able to show decreased feelings of burnout, and worthlessness and increased feelings of resilience and energy, which is amazing. Five minutes every day, everyone can do that. And through that, you can begin to discover what is the things that I'm grateful for, but also what are the things that really I need? And how do I communicate what I need to those around me so that I can get it? And how can I listen to them better because I'm focusing on what I need, I'm going to be much more receptive to what they need too. And so that beautiful circle begins to build and you have a different level of communication. But I think it's important for people to feel that and realize that they need to, they need, you know, it's that hard thing is that we're so used to giving things away um, that we're not used to receiving. So we need to learn to teach ourselves to receive by, by ourselves first and really honor what we need. And in so doing, we're going to be so much more respectful and empathetic to those who are struggling to find out what it is that they need or how to get what they need. And that to me is the, the, is, is a, the big game changer there. And there's no better time than when we're all in the situation together to support each other as we move through that. Yeah. I um I really feel like you've laid on my heart, Susan, that I need to post me working out in some way live just so that <laughs> I do it because <laughs> I need to set aside that time. I know that I haven't been doing it. I haven't been going for a walk even, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I've got all the gear at home, um, you know, so it's maybe, maybe, I don't know, if people want to see an orca on land trying sure. to uh, move around level right. changes moving weight you know uh, i'm not sure if people really want to see that but you know yeah, maybe for do. the comedic you, value maybe for a, the comedic I value <laughs> i don't think it's about what people what we think people want to see i think and that's a beautiful example i think it's more of about we want to be with each other and marika said it really well she doesn't want to be the energy vampire from the class she just wants a class she yeah. wants a connection, you know, and I, and, and I think that, you know, create that, you know, you've got the ability to create that 
and people will join. It's, okay. it's, you know, people, it's actually really interesting. People are looking for that right now. Like, I just want to like, I talked to a few people that would never consider doing one of uh, Becky's yoga classes just because they were just afraid. Mm. And now that it's online and it's live streamed and they're like, they're signing up like crazy. It's because they just, it's something that it, it's at a time, it's at a place. They can do it. There's really, you know, and they're finding that that was the thing is that, oh, there's going to be some structure there for me. And like I said, I think what we're lacking, a lot of us, is that order, that structure. And because it's too hard, you know, and we all know the stories, you know, if you exercise and if you walk, you're going to be less depressed. You're going to be feeling better. You're going to feel brighter about yourself and all of those things. But you also have to be doing things that like feed your soul. You know, and if going to a class feeds your soul, Marika, and being out in nature, you know, even if you have to open the back window and just put your face out there, you know, I mean, just however you can make that happen, which is why I put this backdrop up tonight, because I, we've been in winter for so long, and we've had a terrible winter, I just needed to see rainbows and the beautiful waters of the St. Mary's River. You know, I just, that helps me like, okay, whoo, okay, it's fake, but it's real. It has real context to me and it kind of like spurs me on to think about the next thing because I'm such a visual person. I need to have like the visual reminders around me. Other people need to have like a scheduler, like this is the time, it's all set up, I'm doing it, I'm committed, I've made it happen, whatever it is. But before we can even get to that point, sometimes we have to take a step back and remind ourselves that we're worthy we're absolutely worthy of it. And we need to tell ourselves we're enough and we're good enough. And I know it sounds a little bit like Saturday Night Live, sorry, but you know, <laughs> we are good enough and we are worthy and we are enough and we're gonna be enough for those around us as well. Um, and once you start to do that and start pulling yourself into those things that are important to you, everybody around you is gonna see that and everybody you're connecting with virtually is gonna see that and it's gonna help them do it too. So that's how you can begin to help pull your tribe forward, even though you can't connect all together as a tribe like we're used to doing. Yeah, well, you've convinced me. I'm just gonna have to do it now. Um, and you know, Angela, you. Oh, okay. I'll do it. If you, if you create that class, Anthony, I will make a pledge to you that I'll be there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will do it. I will, I will do that for you. We Thank do you. Class. I, yeah. Well, actually, Angela has just mentioned that should see, should like to see all the live, um, all the live workouts. So it would be interesting. Uh, we might have to choose a time where we can both be on it, Marika, or, um, you know, you can watch, you can watch the recording. Uh, I think I'm going to have to make them AMRAPs though, because otherwise people are going to be standing around waiting for me to finish if we just got set reps. So I well, we're doing burpees, Anthony. I've seen you throw like 50 kilos overhead. Like it's freaking. Well, I can do the weight stuff, but let's face it. <laughs> I need to get my heart rate going. So it might be weighted lots and lots of repetitions, but it should be funny. Um, all right, it. we're going to, we're going to do it. Let's do this. We're going to do it. Um, so that'll be that'll be excellent and i'm gonna i'm gonna take you up on that pledge susan and i will make sure that everything is modifiable and let's just get this out there let's do it let's connect i like it so that's just another idea so um we had set a schedule uh thinking about doing just that five minute meditation um mm -hmm. is helpful sorry about all the beeping in the background i don't know how to turn that sound off um okay cool uh, so, you know, 
the um the ability to do that and then connecting online like a class mm -hmm. you know showing people what you're going through it doesn't have to be perfect uh, it's about the connection as you can see i'm just like everybody else who has a lot of fear of what other people think about them and Mm-hmm. that's We all because feel i'm a that normal way. person <laughs> um <laughs> you know there's nothing perfect there's nothing perfect hey you know all the people who are listening um drop us some of your ideas for what you're doing and um we'll read them out and Yeah, I'd love to hear them. yeah any There's questions just so many. that that you have for susan as well you know um leave your comments leave your questions and we will we will definitely get to them Yeah, uh definitely. what else have you got for us uh susan what else have you got to help us relax rest and digest promote that parasympathetic lower that sympathetic system So if, if you have a group together that you're isolating with, find time to break bread together. Restore that time back together around the ritual of food and bring it back in as something very wonderful and nourishing. And, you know, it's really interesting to me in the grocery stores. I've seen people post this now for three weeks that there's plenty of fruits and veggies. There's plenty of healthy meats. There's plenty of seeds and nuts. People are buying the stress food. You know, this is the time to kind of take a step. We all do it. No shame. We're all in it together, but now's the time to kind of like take a step back and go, maybe it's time to like create the family smoothie, you know, and if you're alone or you're just, you know, you know, not with a big family or anything like it's just Steve and I, and, um, which is wonderful and lovely. We love each other, but I miss my friends. And so I've already made two virtual dates, one for a happy hour and one for a dinner. And we're gonna cook and meet together over Zoom and we're gonna have a virtual dinner together and show each other our food and laugh and talk and and do some of those things because you know I I can be okay alone. I've got enough alone time because I you know, don't have a family. My daughter is in Arizona, but you know, my even my siblings are we're all getting together twice a week on Zoom, which we never did before. You know, and it's really nice. We're really connecting in because we really feel that need to to do that. And it's been I and I started it because it was like I needed it. It was like I love you, but I don't want to just hear from you at Christmas. Can we just get on Zoom tonight? And we did. At six o'clock, we were on for an hour. It was hilarious. We were laughing and having the best time. And it was just really just uplifting. I wish I could have been in the same room with them, but at the same time, I was so happy to have them all together and we could see faces and laugh and share pictures and do things. And it was really nice. So being able to find that time, whatever way it is, whether, you know, exercise is great, but I think we also need that social time together, which is really important. And there's ways to get that now when we all have to kind of like be social distancing. But the biggest thing is, is that find a way to get some sort of mindfulness or breathing, or like I, even that five minute meditation, you can pull it right off of Kristen Neff's website, it's free, Compassion, selfcompassion.org. perfectly free and um everything that you know if we want to go back to being evidence-based everything the evidence tells us is that it's consistency but it's small small pieces people want to change the world in gigantic doses and small hinges swing big doors and sometimes just putting that one little small piece in every single day and have it stack it to something you already do if you get up in the morning and make your bed then have it stack maybe that meditation to it so that 
it you know it creates the trigger to do it or if you brush your teeth you know at a certain time every day you already have things that are in there every day find those things and habit stack it to something so that you can say brush my teeth that means it's time for me to go find an exercise class for today or you know brush my teeth time for me to sit and quietly do my breathing or my slow stretching or you know something or my my gratitude or whatever it is that I want to do or maybe some journaling or writing but have it stack those little things that you want to put into your life to bring meaning back into this crazy time have it stack it to something that you're already doing all the time and we all have things we're already doing all the time and that can That's make a big true. big difference in your in and kind of how your routine starts to shake out and you start finding those times to do those little things and all of a sudden it's okay and then of course the last thing is is that as much as we love this i have to bring it in from the outside screen you need to like put it down <laughs> limit your time reading about the news you know i think everybody knows that but that's the time you know it's to me it's always kind of curious i started doing this with myself how many times i was picking up my phone over the last week i really took a piece of paper and i decided i was going to figure this out because Steve made a comment like you're always on your phone. It's like I'm not always on my phone, but lately I have been, and I started checking it off, and it was like I am always on my phone. So now every time I start to reach for it, it's like I'm gonna do a one minute breathing and see if I really need to reach for my phone. And I found that by doing that, when you know 50%, I'm, I'm it's changed about 50%. And that's made me really happy um, because I just didn't realize how much I was, you know, and that's the thing is we don't realize how much we're like living up here until we do something mindfully to kind of change it. So you don't have to be as drastic as me and go write it down all the time. Um, I'm a visual person, so I needed to see it. <laughs> I wasn't going to get the cues otherwise. And so that, you know, began to, but it's the consistency, I think, that started to change it for me because I was being consistent about it consistently mindful about it and consistently like tracking it and once I started doing that then I was able to kind of start noticing the trend first I had to see what it was and then we could start I could start changing it so yeah I think consistency I is a time. big key mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah no I love what you said about um about habit stacking I think that's a I think that's a really good idea and then once you've done it eight ten times it's become a new habit and then you can move on to creating another small change and then mm -hmm. create that as a habit. Um, but I think it's, we, we can all fall into that trap of going, right, I'm going to do this, 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 do it, change everything. And then it all gets so hard. And then we go, no, nah, it's too hard. And then just chuck it in. Um, so that's a, that's we a feel bad, you know, and then we feel bad and we start to self blame. Like I'm not good enough. I couldn't do it. I found it out. It was all, you know, it's like, then that's where that you know lack of self-care and self-compassion starts to kick in because we came at the project too far up above and we didn't come in at the bottom to kind of realize what foundational pieces do I need to put in place to build that Maslow's uh, pyramid, you know, to reach where I want to get to. Um, I just wanted to say this, the whole breaking uh, the breaking bread with family thing, and I know Anthony, we've we've talked about this before, but I think it was after. Um, I don't know, maybe it was a talk or something for about five or so years ago, we were talking about gratitude and, and sharing gratitude as a family. And we just kind of made it a habit that every Sunday, I mean, we eat all our dinners together anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just, we just always are thankful. We're, we're, we're very grateful. My husband doesn't um, work really late in the evening. So we have our dinners together at the table. So we're very lucky for that. But Sundays, often my parents will come over 
And every Sunday we, we do, we just go around the table and we mention something that we're grateful for. And it's, oh, it's so interesting because my, my 10 year old son without fail, fail if almost every single time he says, I'm grateful for us all to be here as a family eating together. And if my parents are there, he's like, I'm grateful that Uma and Opa are here and then we're all able to share this lovely meal together. And because and, he, he does it all the time. And my daughter, she mostly says the same thing, but we realise how much we all need that. And it's beautiful mm-hmm. to hear it from a child. And because you don't, you think, well, they just want to eat, right? But actually they, they, they love it. They love us all sitting down and talking together. And because he says it all the time, it, it makes me think, okay, we just need to keep this as a, you know, as a family ritual, as a family routine, because clearly mm-hmm. it's so important for him. I think that that gives me chills. I just love stories like that, you know, just really allowing, you know, something as simple as what am I grateful for and being able to share that with those around you that you love and feeling the confidence as adults to share that with your children and to share it with each other really opens up, you know, communication for the future. You know, not every day is going to be great, but we can still have that time together. Yes. it's a simple you know, we can thing. Still have that time, and and we can still yeah. we can still care for each other, even though the world may seem like it's upside down. You know, being able to have that that together, and that's where that consistency comes in. That's a beautiful example of finding a a a ritual for the family, or for the people, or the group, or your friends, or whoever it may be, even if it's just with yourself, and really just being and keep it small enough so that there is absolutely no way. 100% you can't not do it. You know, if you br- drill it down to the small enough step to the very basic beginning step, there's absolutely no way you can't do it. That's the step you need to take. Not six steps up above. Drill it all the way down to that smallest one. And for you, you were already eating bread together. You were already doing it together. All you did was add that one little piece in. You didn't, you know, because if you don't, if you weren't together all the time, then you'd have to like start figuring out how can we get together all the time, right? What's the first day? What's the first moment? When can everybody do it? That's the first step. And then after it grows and builds, you can start adding to it. That's habit stacking there, you know, and it's just doing it in a way that makes sense and grows out of, you know, the, the compassion that everybody has for each other at the table because they've all, you know, grown up with that idea that this is our time. Yeah. One of the fantastic things that my family does is that we do meet really regularly, like every week. I prefer Mm -hmm. every week personally, because Mm -hmm. when I'm away, obviously I'm not there for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes my brother, my sister and their families, they're busy. They have to do what they've got to do. And I understand that, but I really do like just being there. Like I'm bad. Okay. The phone thing. Yes, that's me. But for me, it's just that energy of being around people mm-hmm. and of being around my family. And, um, you know, I've said it before, I'm, I'm really worried about my parents. So where we are cancelling family dinners, you know, my brother's a doctor. My sister works in a hospital, um, in hospital administration. So, you know, my, my, uh, my, my sister is recovering from, from an illness last year. There's, there's quite a few reasons why it's probably good to try and keep our families, um, safer. Um, 
you know, maybe, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should catch up. Um, you know, my extended family, my cousin keeps the family newsletter running. It's a great way just to read and see photos about people. Um, you know, and this family thing has, has struck a chord. Aileen thinks what you said, Marika was beautiful. Um, Emily has said that before all of this, she was feeling a lot of pressure to do too many play dates and networking things. Um, and it feels really nice to, to reset with family. So cooking good food, planting seeds, rearranging the house. And she's loving your tips, Susan, uh, particularly the tip about the phone. Um, you know, we've also got other people like Sarah. Sarah has said that baking and cooking with the children is really helpful her helpful for her. And FaceTiming, she really loved that you FaceTime your whole family because she FaceTimed her whole family across the US as well. And that was um, that was good for her. So yes, please remember to ask any questions you have about relaxing, resting, digesting, any tips that you, you want to hear for any specific situations, um, any tips that you want to have for during um, what you're doing and how you're going um, and, you know, specific ways that it might apply for you, the habit stacking, um, you know, breaking bread, sharing, connecting online. Uh, are you doing online consults, Susan? I am. I am. Cool. And so how's I've been, that going? I've, been, I've actually been virtual for about six years. So it wasn't a hard changeover for us. It's just getting the clients who were coming in in person to realize that they could, could do it virtual. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I've been fairly comfortable with that for a while. Um, I like doing it. I just, I, I do it with the screen on, you know, we, we get together, we have, we look at each other. I want to see what's happening and all of that. And it's, it's challenging. It's always challenging. Um, and it's challenging for my clients as well, because they're not quite sure what to expect either. So I just remind them that we're here to figure it out together and we'll get better at it as we move forward. You'll get more comfortable with it. And this is, but let's, there's just no reason to suffer and to not connect, especially if you have questions. I don't want anybody really feeling that, oh, I can't reach anybody about my pain, you know, or about this that's going on with me. And it's like, you absolutely can. You absolutely can. And many for all of you out there that are looking for care, there's so many of, of all of us that are doing virtual stuff now. We're, we're all here and um, we can help you find people for sure. So I will say this one last thing about pooping though, since we never really got to the final end of it. Hey, hey. So passionate about I know I have to put my last one in. It's like, when you feel the need to go to the bathroom, please stop and go. <laughs> Don't put it off anymore. No more. So that nice thing about eating good, healthy food and spending a little bit of time and doing a little breathing and getting away from your phone and, you know, some of those things, you know, after you eat, give yourself uh, about 20 minutes. And if you haven't felt the urge to go, go sit on the commode, take 10 minutes and you do that consistently over time, guess what? You're going to start getting into a regular pattern of having bowel movements again. You just have to kind of take the, the piece of time after you eat. You have about a 20-minute window in there where we get a good reflex that kicks in. It's just that your system, because it's been uh, up here so much, that it's forgotten about that. And so when we take that time to go do that, then over time, it starts to pick that back up again and it becomes a normal urge again. And 
kind of a normal part, again, which can make you feel a lot more soothed and settled in that GI department. And that's another little bitty consistent step you can do that doesn't require a whole lot of thinking about. Awesome. Susan, I'm cognizant of the fact we've had you for, for an hour. How are you doing for time? I'm okay. You're good. All right. We won't, we won't keep it on too long. I've just got two more things to ask about. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it'd be great to hear your, your tips about sleep, um, sleep hygiene mm-hmm. routines and things. I've got mm-hmm. my ideas of what, what works for me, but I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts too. And number two is alcohol because I know that <laughs> yesterday when we pretty much shut the borders in Australia, there was a mad rush on our local alcohol warehouse uh, where people basically are, are stocking up on booze um, as preparation to get through this. And I, I don't think we're in danger of running out of alcohol in Australia. We have a lot. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking that, that it's alcohol is probably not the best, uh, the best way of, um, of self-soothing or trying to relax. So, uh, yeah, let, let's talk about sleep and alcohol if you don't mind. Yeah, so the, the the problem with alcohol and sleep is is that alcohol will induce you into sleep, but it also um, it's like your blood, you know, the blood sugar thing. It's not healthy for you. You're going to end up wait. You're you're not going to sleep deeply, and you're going to end up waking up more times in the night because of the alcohol. You're going to have to go to the bathroom more, and it also begins to start rising the cortisol, you know, after a period of time because it's just not. It's, it's not the best way to induce yourself down into sleep. Although people do that so that they can fall asleep. And I totally get it when you're really stressed. It's just like, I just want to drink and I want to go to bed. And we're all going to do that sometimes. So we just don't want to turn to that to be our soother. Um, if you can possibly keep alcohol to more like a celebratory type of thing, rather than a soother, like this is what I need in order to make me feel okay about myself and do things for myself, then that's probably not the best idea um, to turn to that. That's where that consistency of maybe doing that five minute meditation or that breathing or, you know, those things through the day can help soothe you enough that you don't feel like you need to, you know, do that to like settle your nerves enough to settle down. Um, the, uh, and everybody's going through it. I mean, they've had to open the liquor stores back up in New York because they closed them all down and people went berserko crazy. So um, <laughs> I just think I, part that of that fun? is that scarcity mentality. Oh my God, we're never going to have any again. I better get everything. Prohibition. Prohibition. Yeah, exactly. You know, so people get a little bit, you know, and some of that is just that kind of panicked kind of buying and things that feeds into that, you know, that frenzy. Um, sleep hygiene is very interesting because I, what I like to, to do with people is ask yourself how you feel when you wake up in the morning. Don't think about a number like I need to sleep eight hours or 10 hours or five hours or whatever. What I want to know is when you wake up in the morning, how do you feel? And if you don't feel good, then you need to take a look back and go, what am I doing consistently at night before I go to bed that I can change to begin to change this? And here's the big things that people can do that, you know, there's a, there's a number of, of things and you can look up sleep hygiene everywhere, but here's the biggies that I found. Get the electronics out of the bedroom, get them out of the bedroom, however you possibly can. If you're used to using an iPad or your phone to wake you up, then you need to get a, a basic alarm clock and put it in there. Um, if you do want to use your phone to wake you up, at least put it on airplane mode. So you don't have the, the Wi-Fi waves and everything in the bedroom. If you've got a TV in the bedroom, you don't have to remove it, unplug it. Unplug Alexa, 
unplug, you know, all of those, they just get the, you know, limit the electronics in the bedroom. Um, if, you, if you possibly can, keep your room as dark as possible. Uh, it helps a lot. And I'm speaking to this for the young moms, as well as the people who are going through perimenopause and menopause, and especially the men, um, because they don't realize how much they need darkness until they actually put a mask over their eyes and then they have the best sleep they've had in like years. <laughs> so, cause you know, uh, socially and um, I think probably genetically somehow, men are more used to sleeping in caves than girls. So they really like dark, you know, and, and when they're in a place where it's not really dark, I don't think they sleep as well. Um, you know, so that's just a, just a thought. There's no science behind it, but I, anecdotally, I hear a lot of people say, once I covered or we made the room super dark, I slept so much better. Um, and the big, the, I think the other thing is, is having a ritual around bedtime, which doesn't involve electronics. Nighttime is not the time to watch the news. Do not watch the 11 o'clock news. Don't do it. Don't do it. You've heard everything you needed to hear all day long. There's nothing new that's coming out between eight and 11, you know, um, just try not to have that be the last thing you hear before you go to bed. That's not helpful. Um, and then limit those, you know, those electronics should be turned off at, you know, at least an hour before bedtime. Find a book to read, you know, do something a little bit different. Maybe that's the time to journal or be or writing or be creative or maybe do some of your stretching, whatever it is you want to do. But, but, um, don't carry that computer into bed with you and that iPad into bed with you and stare at it all night long. That's the biggest thing that I see people do in times of stress is they've, they've got the electronics with them all the time. And I think if you can make a break from them, especially around that time and really create a little bit of a ritual for yourself at nighttime, that's helpful. If you're finding that you're not sleeping very well or not sleeping like as long as you would like to sleep, one of the things that I'll tell you is that we know physiologically somewhere between 10 p.m. and 2 is where we get the best physiological benefits. So if you could just at least, like if you've got young children at home that aren't sleeping through the night or whatever, if you could just figure out a way to get yourself into bed and asleep by 10 and at least capture as much of that physiological piece as you can, then if you have to get up a couple of times in the night, it's not going to be as impactful as if you just, you know, you don't get to bed till midnight and then you're up again at two and you're up again at four. If you can find a way to capture that, if, if all you can get is a small time frame, if you can schedule around to capture that time frame as good, that, as good as possible, that can be extremely helpful. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Wow. I've got the job of trying to cover what we covered. Um, so, so the first one was setting that regular schedule, right? Uh, mm -hmm. rest and digest autonomic nervous system is controlling everything in the background. Uh, times of stress, are what we've got now. And so the stress ramps up, that's normal. And it is normal for it to come on down. The parasympathetic needs to do its job and it normally rises and the sympathetic comes down because the system is seeking balance. However, if we've got a higher baseline stress level, the sympathetic, the parasympathetic will rise to try and meet it. And I, I really liked how you said, you know, just like muscles, if, if it's already up, it's got nowhere to go, no more response to give. Um, so that was really, really helpful. 
Um, so setting a regular schedule uh, is is really really important. Um, you know, breaking bread with friends and family over FaceTime, over Zoom, and we talked about, and I'm going to hold you to, you're going to do some exercise with me. Um, Marika's going to do it too. So we're going to try to do that. Um, and I just apologize now for anything that you might see. I'm just going to move slowly, but I'm going to move. And that's what matters because it doesn't matter what you think. It matters that I'm doing and that we're sharing. So uh, no that's what I got from that. Um, habit stacking. Habit stacking is um, is good. So just, you know, if we can set this habit of just doing a little bit of exercise right now, and then mm -hmm. maybe, maybe I can tackle the biggest one for me, which is eating. Because, um, you know, yes, electronics and stress for me, that is, you know, I do have ADHD. And so if I'm not, if I'm not like Caden running around like a maniac, getting stuff done, <laughs> it's hard to get that mental energy to wear off. Um, I did, I was telling somebody that it is just really noisy in here. I do have an inner monologue. It is my own voice and it's everybody else's voices and sounds and music and all the rest of it too. So it's quite noisy in here and it doesn't stop. But heavy exercise makes it just my voice and it's usually, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. No, just do the next <laughs> rep. You're gonna die. No, just do the next rep. That, it just quietens down. Um, My daughter describes ADHD like being in a room with 30 televisions all blasting at you. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't realize, but yes, now that she says that, that's like, well, yes. Somebody asked me, because I've been posting my thoughts on Facebook, and somebody said, are you posting all your thoughts? And I said, no, probably one about every 50. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a lot of thoughts going around. Um, so... Yes, habit stacking, self-compassion, and you talked about Dr. Kristen Neff's selfcompassion.org. I use her mm -hmm. self-compassion test um, as part of the psychosocial uh, screening mm -hmm. that I do, and I got that reference mm -hmm. from Carolyn Van Dyken, who you're doing the Genius Project mm -hmm. with. So um, she put me onto Kristen Neff's stuff, uh, fantastic stuff there. Um, and she's got, Dr. Kristen Neff has got that five-minute uh, meditation that's mm -hmm. free to download and use and and you referenced and we might have to get a reference from you that you know just doing five minutes a day makes a, a significant difference like a clinically significant difference that you can tell through repeated measures over time did i get that right um, you did exactly cool. right um okay and then movement so combinations of movement so yes there's a high energy stuff that i love i have no idea why i love high energy stuff but we also got the stuff like yoga we've got um slow movement we've got qigong we've got um you know pilates can be super high high activity as well as super slow and low mm -hmm. And it can be in dancing even. You know, it can be dancing, on, exactly. Dance in your bedroom. We've got That's high BPM perfect. dance and we've got low, mm -hmm. slow, contemporary mm -hmm. dancing mm -hmm. where all our emotions are expressed physically. <laughs> um, we also have, you got to watch the video if you want to see me do some contemporary dance. Um, and then also putting the phone away, putting the electronics away, being able to... Um, you know, that sleep hygiene. So reducing the, the screen, keeping your room dark, setting that schedule, uh, being able to have that 10 o'clock to two o'clock period, particularly for our new mums, 
trying to get as much rest as we can in that period because it's so helpful um, to get that from a physiological point of view. Even if you do have to get up every two hours after that, uh, just trying to get that routine going there. Uh, you know, don't watch the news just before you go to bed, particularly mm -hmm. if you can't switch your brain off. Um, you, you, you mentioned something about guys and caves and sleeping. Like, I'm thankful that I've got narcolepsy as well. So, boom, I just pass out. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm just lucky. My wife says that. I said, why can't people just go to sleep? And she goes, because you're not normal. That's normal for you, but you're not normal. Um, and then um, we've also got alcohol. You know, yes, have alcohol, but it's the regular consumption that can be difficult. Um, and, you know, self-medicating may not be the best option. Self-soothing, yeah. self as, as uh, Marika called it. And yes, and the sleep hygiene I did cover with the, um, with the electronics and the phone stuff. How do we go? Oh, oh, there are questions. There are comments as well. Um, all right. Before I forget, that is. So okay. Aubrey, Aubrey said, thank you very much. Um, you know, she's thanking, thanking us that um, we've completely changed okay. the way that she practices as a PT. And thank you for all that you do. Um, so Jessica, the owner of the clinic that I work at, which we have shut down, and Jess has been fantastic throughout this whole time sydney sports therapy shout out to jess um she's fantastic she said don't let anthony escape doing the workout with you so it sounds like <laughs> accountability is on her mind and great now i've got her on me as well um we've uh yeah so this is the question time so now is the time if you want to ask your questions get it in we've got susan here um any stories that you want to tell, any suggestions or things that you found helpful, please leave, please leave them in the comment section. Um, and if we're still going, uh, I'll read them out. Otherwise, people who watch later can, can listen to it. So fantastic. Uh, I did want to say, Susan, that um, it's been really good to, to be able to connect. And I loved that we went line dancing. I know how much you love line dancing. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was crazy that night. It was crazy because <laughs> the, the line dance teacher, she was pregnant playing Jeopardy on the TV while teaching us how to do a line dance. Oh, she's amazing, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you were, you were amazing. I felt like an orca on the dance floor. I, I do love orcas. I think they're the most amazing animals. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been watching too many orca videos, but, um, <laughs> um, you know, having that sort of stuff. So please leave your suggestions of what you love to do as well. Um, I know that Jessica, the owner of the clinic, she absolutely loves cardio. She does not love cardio. And so if I do this workout thing, I'd love to challenge Jessica to, um, do air bike workouts take the air bike home jess and get on that bike i know you love it so much um you know marika has got all the things that she loves doing she's so active such an inspiration um you know you you've done crossfit susan um you've done crossfit so i love that as well uh okay rachel has asked are there any tips for helping our children 
deal with the stress of our current situation and all the changes that are required to their usual routines? I think that's a great question. That's a beautiful question. And the, the, the thing that I would say is that the more you take care of yourself and you do the things that you need to do to be steady, you're going to be teaching your kids how to deal with this stuff. It starts with you. It starts with our own self-compassion and our own self-care. And our children watch everything that goes on. They watch every single thing that we do, don't they? Right, Marika and Anthony? I mean, my daughter is 35 now, so it's a little, now she watches how I handle, you know, older adult stuff. And that's fine. Um, but, you know, it, being able to provide the kind of um, structure for them to be able to grow and flourish in. And that doesn't mean they need to be scheduled every moment. I think, Anthony, you left a post on Facebook that I responded to as a PSA, is that creativity comes out of boredom. It absolutely does. It's okay for them to be bored. And, you know, and it's okay for them to just, you know, just for let, let them be bored and then let them see what they come up with. Create. And, you know, when they say they're bored, one of the best techniques you can do is say, okay, well, I'm interested to see how you're going to fill your time and leave it with them. Yeah, you know, at the, at the moment, don't they're choosing the time for them. Let games. them do it. At the moment, they're Let choosing computer create. games. Let them come to you. But here's the, here's the killer. When they come to you and they say, we need such and such and such and such to make something, don't say no. <laughs> say, I don't have that, but I have this. What else do you need? You know, kind of, here. can you do it in here? That'd be great if you do it in here on this, you know, so that, you know, you can give them, you know, structure around what they need so they're not like painting snowmen on the living room floor. But, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll, you know they, they, they get creative and they don't think, right? And that's okay. But, you know, just really being able to give them the space to be bored. I think is important and um, but also give them tasks they need to be held accountable for the it's a family it's a tribe and they have responsibilities within the family and the tribe too but here's the thing they're going to take it a lot more seriously if you put your responsibilities on that board too okay so if they're required to like pick this up and do this and take out the trash of this stuff what are you required to do you should have your list up there too and some of it should be this is my exercise time. They're gonna see that if you're honoring what they're doing, they're gonna honor what you're doing. And I think that goes both ways because then they see that you are prioritizing self-care, you're prioritizing your schedule as much as they need to prioritize theirs. And this is new because the group hasn't been together doing homeschooling and doing all the family stuff and not having play dates and not having the distractions of everything else going on. So, you know, just kind of remembering that, that, that it's not just about what am I doing for my kids, but how are we all doing it together as a family? And, you know, and however you choose to structure and, and split up chores or even let them choose. Okay, here's a list of chores to do. Every, we got to get this done this week. And you can say, then you could be the leader and say, I'm going to take this chore and put it on my name. Which one are you going to take? And, you know, of course, you have to kind of like section it out so that the three-year-old isn't trying to take a 10-year-old's chore. Um, you know, you got to keep it age appropriate a little bit in there. But, you know, you know, see what I'm saying is that everybody, you know, then all of a sudden they all have buckets that they got to take care of. And they're watching you to see if you do yours. They're going to be watching, like, is she doing hers? 
did she do hers? What did daddy do? Did he do his? Or mommy, the other mommy do? What did she do? You know, whoever else is in the household as an adult, you know, should be part of the of the board or of the whatever it is, the calendar, however you want to choose to put it together. And I think those are the best ways to do it because when they see that kind of stuff, they see the adults creating order out of chaos. And because we're a team, right? Exactly. I'll add to a couple of things to that. It's really funny as when, when that question came up, I was like just popping some little notes because I just had a few thoughts as well. And it was funny because you, you were saying really similar things, um, Susan. So uh, I think it was really nice what you said is um, giving them a sense of control. Because I think in this situation where we all feel that everything is out of our control, I think, yes, we, we absolutely need boundaries and we need schedule. Um, but we need to give our kids some control over their lives. And like my son came to me last night, we watched a movie and he came over, he handed me a piece of paper and he said, he said, here's my schedule for tomorrow. And I went, <laughs> okay. And he's mapped out reading, writing, morning tea time, lunch. And the reason he's done it is because he's a little bit obsessed by this engineering computer game at the moment called Scrap Mechanic. And he wants to be able to have his time. So he's put that, he's put engineering for the afternoon shed part of the schedule. And so for me, I looked at it and I laughed and I thought, you know what, buddy, if you get through your stuff in the morning, absolutely. You can go and spend an hour or so on and build your little engineering thing online. But he thought of it. Exactly. So he's likely to do it. Yeah. Because he came up with it. You didn't sit there and say, you have to do this and this and this done before you can do this. He went and put his schedule together and came to you for approval. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, some days it'll work and some days it won't so well, but you know, you just, you got to roll with it and you got to like say to them, you know, you're doing this. Here's the other thing that I think kids might not be talking about that they probably should be encouraged to be talking about is how much they miss the other adults that used to be in their life. Mm. Yeah. They miss their friends and that's a given and they'll, they'll whine and cry about missing their friends. But what about their teachers? And, and what about the other adults that have been a big part of their life? You know, they're used to going to school every day. They've got that favorite teacher or that favorite, per, you know, that favorite class or that something. And I think being able to encourage them to kind of talk about that and express that too is, is important. That's a really good point. I've encouraged my friends at the moment to try and make sure once a day they call a friend, uh, whether mm -hmm. it's on FaceTime or on, their, or on a phone mm -hmm. or whatever. Just once, once a day, at least. And my daughter, she says, oh, I'm an introvert. I don't need that. I'm like, no, no, you, you need to do that. Like just once a day, pick up the phone and speak to somebody. She's like, I can just message them. No, no voice. Like we, <laughs> it's a much better connection to hear someone's voice. And ideally if you can see their face as well. Um, and yeah, so she did. And she, afterwards she went, oh, that was really nice talking to so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, it is really nice. It is really nice to talk to friends. It's um, almost like so mum knows. Yeah, don't tell them that. Like us getting together and deciding to do this tonight, you know? <laughs> I mean, we could have easily passed this by and said, eh, no, but it was like it was important, I think. It was for me. But, yeah. um, you know, and so your daughter probably needs to see you doing that with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, what's good for me is good for mommy, too. Why isn't daddy doing it with one of his friends? And then they'll start, like, bugging him, like, hey, dad, or hey, other mom, or hey, you know, whoever, maybe the other adult in the house. Why aren't you calling your friends? When was the last time you called your friends? So then they start calling everyone out too, which is, but that's good. That encourages it being out in the open and being people being able to get a little bit 
you know, not so happy about it um, because it's pulling your daughter out of her comfort zone. But she was happy that she did it too. So now, you yeah. know, she's probably kind of, she may still need a little bit more of a push to keep going <laughs> with it. Just like your son made me a little bit more of a push to kind of stay with his morning program. So he doesn't get too distracted thinking about what the engineering thing he's going to do in the afternoon. You know, it just, everyone's going to need that, you know, just like Anthony, you know, is I'm, I'm excited that we made this uh, accountability thing for some movement because I need it. And I, I'm okay with him telling me what to do or telling me what yeah. he's going to do and modifying it. And I don't mind asking him. So that works for me. I'm happy to do that. And I know I'll do it because I trust him, you know? So, and I think that that's kind of the other piece of this is, you know, just finding that just, it's okay to, to do it differently, but it's, but it, you still need to do it. And that last point um, you made about boredom, uh, you, you say it much nicer, Susan. I say to my children, Anthony's heard me say this, if they win, win they're bored. Cause I, I have the tech, I have, I have the ability to turn off all my children's devices from my phone and I do it and they have, lockout times and stuff and they run out of time and they have to ask me permission if they can go back on That's so I, I'm, yeah yeah I'm really mean um but if they come to me and they're like oh I'm bored I tell them that that's because they're not smart enough to find something to do <laughs> and they're just what I what do you mean I said well there's plenty of things to do you can, you, can you be, know how I to challenge your children better than uh, I do. <laughs> but the idea is don't get, you know, it doesn't really matter how you do it. Because, I mean, you know what motivates your kids <laughs> yeah. more than, than I would know. I mean, that may work for your kids perfectly. Somebody else, it may not. It may be more of a, like, I don't know, let's just see what you do, you know, because your kids are so used <laughs> to being directed all the time. And, you know, just, you know, just being able, but the idea is that you didn't tell them what to do. Like, okay, well, then go do this and this and take care of this. It's like. I'm going to be interested to see, you know, like you say, well, you're smart enough to figure it out. Go do it. Or Can I say I that what you'll come up with. I, I, I have realized through educating, I have realized through being a therapist for a very long time. And I have realized by being a parent for 17 odd years that I'm really good at my work life. And there's this weird disconnect where my skills haven't transferred over to being a parent i actually have to cog i have to think about it hard and i am way behind like i should have been thinking about this 17 years ago do you know what i mean um so these skills that i that i have as a therapist i actually don't employ as a parent which is my i own it my downfall um but you know maybe there's other people out there who are similar to me we all um, do the best we can, Anthony. <laughs> we do. Uh, yes, we do. Um, I just wanted to add that um, Teresa, Teresa Wasser, um, such great advice, Susan. Let the creativity go. Um, and time and simplicity and boredom are good for kids. Good so for she's reaffirming too. it. They're good for us. Yeah, it's good They're for very us. Very good for us. It's good well. for us. And the creativity thing, you know, um, I was laughing with um, Pat, uh, who who was on my course a few years ago, um, because she heard me say, stop it. You know, we're on a course and somebody does something and it's symptomatic. And usually I just say to them, okay, then stop it. Um, and that's it. 
because we're used to being taught to direct people and tell them how to change it and what to change and why to change it. And um, she had a good laugh and, and there's a psychology skit, um, <laughs> which is about <laughs> stop it. I charge $5 per minute, um, you know, and I, and I don't charge more than five minutes. Uh, it's very, very funny. I'll try and link it up there. But uh, hilarious, hilarious stuff. Uh, Kerry Grace, my son is three and a half and uh, been working out at home for a couple of months now. So it's not new, but talked with him about why it's important for her uh, and we, for them to have a schedule, uh, to, to schedule it into the morning um, and chose something important to him and scheduled that in. So then that way they get what they done. And um, she said, hopefully that helps someone. Thank you very much for that comment. Um, and Edwina, uh, Edwina Chan, good friend of <laughs> Marika and ours, uh, such a great episode. Thank you, Susan, for so many great tips, habit stacking, doing five minutes of meditation and putting your phone away are my favorite takeaways from today. So thank you very much, uh, Susan for your time. Thank you very much for everybody who's been watching. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Marika. Um, are there any last words of wisdom, Marika, that you have and Susan before we sign off? Oh, I don't have, I don't have many words of wisdom. I just want to say thank you, Susan. Um, it's always such a pleasure talking to you. I think this might be the third time because um, I think I interviewed you previously as well. And then we had you on the podcast last year. And um, I think on behalf of us, but also the physio community, just want to say thank you for your, your generosity in sharing your time and your knowledge and, your energy, your kindness, your love for the community. I think all of that is, um, is really, really amazing. And I think so many of us need that right now. So absolutely. Thank you for being you. It's been my great pleasure. So my parting words are, is what I always say. And I think those that know me understand this is peace be the journey. Peace be the journey. All right. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. Drop a comment, leave a like, share the episode. Um, and I'll post details of where we're doing this, uh, <laughs> this workout. Um, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, post your questions cause they'll find me if I don't find them uh, or tag me in them or tag them, Anthony or Marika in them. And I'll be happy to come back in and answer or whatever. So Fantastic. Just let me know. we'll make yeah. sure that the details are in the show notes as well of where you can find Susan. It's in body stroke PT. There's a genius pro project is it.com the uh the genius pt project.com the genius pt project.com mm -hmm. um your podcast is tough to treat mm -hmm. with erica mello um mm -hmm. are they is that everything i think that's everything that's enough <laughs> that's enough <laughs> really appreciate your time susan thank you very much to everybody and we hope to catch you up soon we're going to do um another couple of facebook lives so we've got julie granger coming on so that's going to be tuesday usa time wednesday morning um in australia time and we've also got juan martin mm -hmm. um so julie granger will be talking about telesanity and we've got juan martin who's going to be talking about um how she does pelvic health uh remotely she's been doing telehealth for five years now she's sensational as well i know you know both of them susan mm -hmm. they're they're great 
PT. So we're looking forward to that. They will be on Facebook Live. So 8 p.m. Eastern in in America and 11 a.m. Sydney time, 8 a.m. Perth time. So that's Tuesday and Thursday for America. That's Wednesday and Friday for Australia. We look forward to seeing you then. Otherwise, thanks very much and we'll see you soon. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Be sure to hit like if you enjoyed the episode and leave any comments or questions below. We'd really like to hear from you. If you haven't already hit subscribe, please do so now so that you can be kept notified when we release our next episode. Otherwise, thank you for listening and we look forward to having you back with us for another episode of the Women's Health Podcast.